Versus World, episode 90, The Last Nerd. I'm Brendan. And I'm Spindles. And on today's show, we take a quick look at the news of the Disney Fox merger, we review The Last Jedi, and we give our top five films lists for the year. There'll be a ton of shout-outs, um, and news of what's to come next year, with changes to the show. And a little bit of ranting. Oh, oh yes, and some ranting, yeah. <laughs> but that's only to be expected. Absolutely, that's what the show is built on. <laughs> Nerd rage! <laughs> well, let's start then with the news. Uh, okay, the recent, yeah. recent uh, buyout and merger of Fox by Disney. Yeah, I mean, it had been on the cards for a while, but then, yeah, the official announcement came out, so... It's, uh, yeah, yet another franchise, well, not the franchise, another studio swallowed up by Disney. Yeah, so Fox are left with their news and sports, but everything else has been taken over by Disney now. Um, Primarily the main thing is 20th Century Fox. Yeah, although weirdly, Fox Studios, the actual studio lots that the movies are recorded on and filmed on, those are staying with Murdoch. They haven't joined Yes, the actual yeah physical location. Yeah, but all the licenses and properties have now switched across to uh, Disney, which, of course, got fanboys massively excited at the prospect of X-Men and Fantastic Four rejoining the MCU. Well, not so much Fantastic Four, but certainly X-Men. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think if anyone could do a Fantastic Four film and do it justice, it would be um, Disney. Although, that might not be included in the sale. Because that's still that's still hired by a German company. Yeah, yeah. There, there's a lot of weird licensing arrangements around Fantastic Four. But in all honesty, you know what? I don't care. They they, they are literally the dullest of superheroes. Yeah. But the thing is, there's a counter side to this as well. Everyone's massively excited at this prospect of Disney doing a an X Men film and then being part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. But Disney have only committed. And they've made it quite, quite plain, quite clear. They're only ever going to commit to doing three movies in this universe per year. So, and they're already gonna... planned up to like twenty twenty two. Yeah, like Phase Four is more or less mapped out at this point. So we're not um, going to see any kind of crossover with any of these new characters until like the mid twenty twenties. Yeah, in fact, we're actually going to be losing a certain number of superhero films each year because they're not going to be making. Fox property movies. Yes. So, yeah, for actually, the, 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 the reverse side to this buyout is actually kind of bad news for comic book fans at the movies. We're going I mean, to be what, losing what stuff that's already in the pipeline, like Deadpool 2. Well, Deadpool 2, I, I'm assuming, is going to go through. And I'm assuming New Mutants does as well. Um, and I, again, I assume Dark Phoenix will go through as well, although what it means beyond that, because that's clearly a, a midpoint marker of a new X-Men trilogy, isn't it? Yeah. So what happens after that is anybody's guess at this moment. I mean, I, I guess for my thing, I'd like to see the kind of established X-Men first class universe continuing because I really like that universe. So I'd like to see that carry on and progress further. Well, this is, this is of course, all assuming that watching the Dark Phoenix does not make me rage quit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because it's my favourite storyline, and they fucked it up last time. Yeah, and uh, if, if I'm completely honest with you, I have no faith in them not fucking it up again. Like, no, no, nor do I. Sure. But, I mean, I, I guess, you know, most of the kind of the, the, the first-class universe has been really good, apart from uh, the kind of X-Men Apocalypse, which I was not a fan of. No, Apocalypse definitely. It was definitely weak. I mean, Apocalypse as a villain was just so bad in that movie. And I think that, that, that you know they'd taken some of my kind of favorite X Men like Psylocke and put them yeah. in there and really, really underused them. Yeah, 
Although, on the other hand, I did like some of the character work. I liked the Scott Summers and Jean Grey stuff. Yeah, no, indeed, yeah. There were redeeming features to it, but I just think, uh, as a film, I was very disappointed. And I think if that's going to be what is then translated into, you know, my beloved storyline, I'm going to be pretty angry. Yeah. Well, I don't know when, when we'll see it. I mean, I was speaking, was it with, I think it was with Helen on Facebook about it, which was commenting on my post about it. Uh, when will we see the X-Men? Now, if I was a betting man, I think we'll see some in the post-Infinity War Phase 3. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I think we'd start seeing them getting crowbarred in there. Yeah. And, and if my money was to go... If I was my money where my mouth is, I would say we will see an established mutant in Captain Marvel. Yeah, probably. Uh, I mean, in, in all honesty, I think my, my gut feel is that we'll get a Wolverine joining the Avengers. Which I'm completely okay with. Although Hugh, yeah, Jackman, has categor- Hugh Jackman has categorically said it will not be him. Well, yeah, no, indeed. And I, I don't think it should be him. I think we're looking at a, you know a new iteration of Wolverine coming into the MCU and joining the Avengers like he should. Yeah, and to be honest, I'd be quite happy if they went with X-23 from Logan. Yeah, definitely. If they... Because I imagine, I imagine a lot of the Phase Four of the MCU is going to see the Avengers rebooted. So we're going to see Riri as Iron Man. We might see um, Miles Morales as Spider Man. Yeah, you know. So you might that would be the point where we What's see X twenty three. I can't remember the, the the guy's name is the Hulk. Amadeus Cho is the Hulk. That's him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I love those. I love those books. That's yeah, my favorite yeah, book of the definitely. reboot. Um, yeah, and of course the other thing then is what does this mean for Netflix? This buyout. Well, I mean, we'd already said that you know that, that a lot of yeah. the Marvel properties were being pulled from Netflix, and now that they've bought that out, they have potentially Hulu as a, a distribution service that they can take and rebrand. Yeah, which I think makes a great deal of sense because yeah, on the last episode we did say that Netflix were prepping for a post Marvel yep. pull by working with Miller World to create new content. So yeah, Disney have their director fan service in the works. Hulu gives them a ready-made one. Hopefully, they'll make it uh, available outside the US because Hulu is. I, I imagine so. I mean, they they, they kind of have to. Um, yeah. uh, I I think if if anyone can pull off this kind of switch from Netflix to to their own proprietary thing, I think Disney is about the only person, well, the only the only kind of entity that is big enough to be able to pull it off oh absolutely yeah 100% agree they're the only company I think you have the distribution power already there to make make it work for them yeah so yeah so one thing that I'm not clear about yet is whether that means all current 20th century Fox titles are going to get pulled from Netflix in 2019 as well because that's the cutoff date 2019 is when Marvel and Disney pull all their stuff from Netflix. Yeah. Does that include the new stuff? I, I, I honestly, I don't know. Um, I imagine it's going to because I can't see them launching with some of their stuff on a rival network. Yeah, because I'm not quite clear on what the state of the license agreements are. Um, Certainly around the kind of the, the television series. I would say the Netflix original series for Marvel, those would go. And any Netflix series, any Marvel series like Agents of Shields would go as well. Um, stuff that has been created. I'm not, I'm not even sure if stuff like that is on there. I don't think Agents of Shield is on Netflix. <coughs> I don't think it ever has been. Yeah, it's been really? on sure it has. That's yeah. it. All right, okay. I, I, I've I honestly not paid any attention to it then if it has been. <laughs> um. Yeah, I think anything that's uh, more recently Disney Studios, so any of the any recent Marvel film or any recent recent Disney output will definitely go. Any of the new properties, I think, will probably have been negotiated with Netflix on their own agreement anyway. Yeah, but they always they they run out pretty quickly. So yeah. So yeah, I mean, I, I guess you know the the big question is kind of you know who who do we want to see? What properties do we want to see coming over? Well, if you've been following my Twitter and my Facebook, the thing I'm most excited about is Disney have the Firefly rights. Indeed, they do. 
you know, Disney now have the rights to Firefly, which has I think had a lot of people a- have been frothing and hoping that there's going to be a live action, but I think you are right no, on this. I don't animated think it's going series. to be. Yeah, yeah. If anything, I think it's going to be animated. And to be honest, I think it's got to occur in the interim between Firefly and Serenity. You think? I don't think they can go for a post-Serenity world at this stage. A post-Serenity world means no wash, and it means no Shepard no book. book. Um, and it also means no mystery to River Song either. And they've yeah, the taken right down the you know, all, all the bad guys, and they've dealt with what the Reavers are. So I, I kind of feel it's got to be pitched in between the end of Firefly and Serenity. And Serenity. Yeah. I'd be I'd be happy with that. It may, it would mean getting rid of quite a lot of existing canon from the comics. From um, from the comics, yes, uh, unless they do adaptations of that. Yeah, um, which they could do. They could do Leaf on the Wind. Yeah. Because um, you know, in uh, much much as we consume comics, the rest of the universe still doesn't. Yeah. And like you know, um, in a slightly more palatable form. But I think. Yeah, I, I just think an animated series makes a, it makes so much sense to me, you know, because you can have the same cast without having that really bad disconnect of the fact that they're like 13, 14 years older now than they oh, were. Oh, indeed, in, yeah, in yeah, yeah. It, it deals with the fact that everyone's grown up. Yeah, and they they can come back with the same voice cast, or you get just get a new voice cast in. But yeah, it, it's big finish all over again, but Firefly. Yeah. Uh, and I think they could do it, and I, I for one would be excited about it. Because there's, there's way more they could do in an animation than they could do now in a live-action series. Certainly, and, and for a hell of a lot cheaper, so I think it makes yeah. it a lot more viable. Yeah. What else would you want to see? What, in the unit? Well, I mean, there's a whole ton of ancillary properties that are coming into it, aren't there? So, yeah, so some of those, I guess. Um, I'm trying to think, you know, I, don't, I read a list of them the other day of what the actual things were. Um Sorry, I'm just going to have to try and do some quick looking up. Do, do you think that um, Bob Iger and Disney are big enough to tell Ridley Scott to fuck off? With the Alien like, franchise? Yeah. <laughs> and that they will take over the Alien franchise? Because at, at this point, I'm more than hope. Hope. <laughs> you know? Yeah, we can only hope. <laughs> <coughs> yeah. Uh, I got called a geek. No, I got called a nerd by uh, Geek Pride because they had that um, that meme up, you know, about the alien queen now being Disney, so Zeta Warspur, and now Disney princesses. And a friend of mine tagged me in it, and I was like, "Well, actually, you know what." Xenomorphs aren't birthed from the queen. They are specifically birthed from the host creature that they're impregnated with by facehuggers. So, you know, it's a long way off being Disney princess. And just like Geek Pride went, nerd. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Which is completely fair, and I own it. No, no, totally. So what have we got? So yeah, things like well, so there's Planet of the Apes as a franchise, which you know that's the right time to go across to Disney because that trilogy has finished in the best way possible. Avatar, uh, Avatar, yeah, yes. Yeah. The, are they? They're James making like the next three of those already, supposedly. But isn't James Cameron just like camped away somewhere? Uh, yeah, I mean, because I, I think I read something recently from him saying that uh, uh, he didn't think the fourth one would get made, so he's hoping for a two and three. Jesus. Yeah. But, so I, 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 I honestly don't have much hope in any further avatars coming out from him. Oh, so. neither have I. That guy's flogging a dead horse at this point. Yeah. Um, so other franchises, uh, Independence Day. Uh, after Resurgence, that can just go and, like, Fuck off. Uh, Home Alone? Home Alone? Yeah. Disney Home Alone? Yeah. I can I can see that. <laughs> that could actually work. I uh, can see that happening. What, like, uh, you just get, you just get like, uh, the Mickey Mouse Club involved. Yeah. It's a high, it's high school musical, basically. Yeah, totally. Uh, Ice Age? Oh. Of course, Fox's cartoon sides have gone to Disney as well. Yeah. 
Uh, Martian, weirdly, is their property. Uh, Martian's done. Oh, no, I know. It's a one-off. Yeah, yeah. It should not be done again. Uh, The Simpsons. Oh, crikey. Imagine what could be done with The Simpsons. Yeah, because all the TV properties have gone across to Disney. So Disney are now in The Simpsons, yeah. And uh, there was another one of those. The Simpsons predicted this years ago, that I saw, which was 20th Century Fox, a division of Walt Disney Incorporated. Yeah, well, you know, Disney will own everything by the end of this decade. Uh, And of course, the one that I cannot wait for more of, Alvin and the Chipmunks. No. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> You've lost me there, mate. No, 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 no. I'm totally taking the piss. I hate it all. I love Jason Lee to bits, but the fact he did those movies has ruined him for me. Fair. I mean, I'm all aboard at like a Disney Home Alone reboot, but that's where I draw the line. <laughs> Yeah, uh, that, yeah. So that's pretty much it. Uh, there's oh, a couple of other minor ones like the How to Train Your Dragon series and uh, Night at the Museum. Yeah, well, we'll see what Disney do with them. Like, there's there's still no guarantee they'll do what Marvel fanboys hope they'll do at the moment. Oh God, no! And and you know, given the the recent outcrying of butthurt fanboys, I don't think they ever will. Yeah, we'll get to that point next. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, so I think we, we talked about this a bit a few years ago, didn't we? We did, yeah, yeah, about what would happen if, if this all, all all went on. And do you know what? It's it's kind of falling in line with what we said at the time, was that yeah. we said that, kind of, you know, it was what we said about how Marvel were being treated under the Disney banner and how Star Wars had come under it all, and that, you know, they are the place to be for the these kind of movies and these 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 kind of productions. Yeah, and I, for one, am grateful that it's happening this way around. Can you imagine if it was the other way around? Can you imagine if this was Fox owning Disney properties? Yeah, I know, yeah, it'd be insane. Not only do I not trust them from a technical point of view to work the properties well but also you know there is very very heavy political bias prevalent oh, God, yeah, I mean, yeah. We, we, we've we've talked long and long and hard about how fox treat certain properties on their on their network certainly yeah. specifically sci-fi and genre work on on fox tv series so you know yeah i i, I it would in my opinion not have worked in the other way around no, it couldn't, it couldn't happen the way around. It has no. to be this way. Okay, let's stick a pin in that. I think that's done. Mm. Well, it's not done. It's it's uh, to be continued. Okay, yeah, we'll we'll revisit this. I'm sure. <laughs> um, Undoubtedly, we will. When, when there are more plans afoot, I think at the moment it's yeah. a clean slate. Um, yeah, and, but- you know, we we can but wish. I would just close by saying that yes, what's on the surface it looks like very good news for Marvel fans. Like there is an awful lot that's not being reported, um, or at least fully reported. There has been a report recently that five to ten thousand jobs will go at Fox because of the um, two billion dollars in saved. Uh, what's the what's the word they use? It's it's like efficiencies, but it's not efficiencies. Um, the, the, the crossover. Yeah. Um, that's going to see job losses. So, you know, on the surface, yes, X-Men coming back to Disney seems really exciting, but we're going to lose comic book films because we're not going to have the output because Disney aren't committing to more than three films per year from this format and jobs are going to go. Yeah. Um, and there is always as well that risk. So the, that, that downside of streamlining an organisation. Yeah. With all this sort of monopoly that Disney are building that runs the risk of homogenization in the product that they put out. It, it, it's which... exactly the same conversation we had a couple of years ago with J.J. Abrams doing both Star yeah. Trek and Star Wars only scaled up. Yeah, massively scaled up. Because um, they're, they're controlling so much more than J.J. Abrams was in that one specific instance. Yeah, yeah. But, 
yeah. So yeah, always dig a little deeper in into the headlines would be my advice. Definitely. Right. Speaking of digging deeper into the headlines, <laughs> it's uh review time for the Last Jedi. Okie dokie. Who's going first? I'll go first if Carry you want. On. Yeah, yeah, go for it. I want to make it very, very clear that I I liked this movie a lot. I did like this movie, um, but the discourse about this film on Twitter has been the most 2017 thing about 2017, and it just makes me fucking angry because it is completely possible to, to be a fan of something and not think it was perfect. And it's completely okay to say, I liked it, but these things were wrong. And the reaction to people who have been saying that has just been so weird to see online. Uh, yeah, like, I guess we'll get onto other people's reactions to it in a bit. Yeah. But, uh, as, as a film. As a film, did I enjoy it as much as The Force Awakens? Was I as buzzed uh, as I was after The Force Awakens? No. But I think that's because this is a harder film to enjoy in the same way that I didn't enjoy Empire Strikes Back as much as A New Hope, but Empire Strikes Back is still my favourite. You know? The Force Awakens is a very easy-to-enjoy film. It's very light. It's very by-the-numbers. It's very familiar. Um, The Last Jedi is a very different Star Wars film, and I liked that. I really liked the tone it took and the changes that it made to the Force, the new subtleties that it added. I thought they were great. I loved the sort of like the final realization of Luke's character in this film. I thought that having gone through what he'd gone through, you know, he has reached the same conclusion that every Jedi master has, which is that ultimately being a hermit is your career end. You know, that's where you end your career as a Jedi master. Um, I loved the Kylo and Ray stuff. I thought that was really, really good, all the way up to the fight in Snake's throne room, which, again, was a really interesting subversion on the Emperor's throne room from Jedi. You know, all that was really good. Um, I felt that Phasma was underutilized. Yeah, again. And that, and that was disappointing, although the Phasma audiobook fills in a lot of gaps. That's great. You know, but you shouldn't, shouldn't to. have to have a no. secondary source to really enjoy a movie. No, no, um, you really shouldn't. Not, not any character in it. No, uh, and I felt that Finn's storyline was a little contrived. Um, it was almost like he was put there to have something to do. I get the end of his arc, and I get that he has to go to the casino planets to form an ideological reason for himself to stay with the resistance up to that point. It's just because that's where his friends are and he doesn't want to be a stormtrooper anymore until Rose points out what's going on on that planet. He doesn't really have anything deeper guiding him, but I did feel that the whole casino planet part was a little bit too long and a bit too stretched out. And that's where the film dragged for me, Um, which is why I couldn't give it a perfect score which is why it was only very good and not great, you know? Because we're talking minutiae in degrees here when we're separating these films out, you know? And for me, thinking about things really hard, like, that's where it falls down. Mm. It doesn't make it a bad film. It's still a really good film. And technically, it's an impressive work. Thematically, it's an impressive work. And I really enjoyed it. I really, really liked it. Mm. Um, but, you know, I didn't have the same buzz as I did after Force Awakens. No, oh, that's fair. Uh, I'm going to breathe now after that. <laughs> yes, I take a moment. <laughs> All right, okay. Uh, so I guess... And that'll make sense, right? Yeah, no, no, totally. I, mean, I, I guess I'll, I'll weigh in at this point because I, for me, again, it was, a, it was a solid four out of five, eight out of ten. I thoroughly enjoyed the film. I thought it was one battle too long. I thought that the, you know, that after having come from a massive space battle, we didn't then need a massive land battle. So I thought that there was, 
you could have just done one or the other. Uh, I didn't think you needed both. Um, or it, it could have had both, but like cut the things out in the middle. Yeah, it felt, it, uh, uh, yeah, I guess the only way I can describe it is I thought it was one fight too long. Yeah. It could have done with trimming either at the end, in the middle, uh, not not sure where, but yeah, trimming some of it down because it just felt like some of the battles were there just because they could then be a level on a computer game. Yeah. And yeah, I that, can see that. That's the cynic in me talking there. But, you know, I, I, I enjoyed the film. Uh, it, it had heart, it had uh, entertainment, it had jokes. And I love the jokes. I don't know why people don't like the jokes. I thought that was brilliant. I thought, you know, yeah. adding a bit of humour into the Star Wars universe is great. But the humour's always been there. It's always been there, but I think this was its most blatant to date. Yeah, I mean, nothing yeah. is more blatant than um, you know, Poe chucking, phoning up hugs. And the chucking the lightsaber over the shoulder and the winks to camera and stuff. There was, yeah. a, there was a lot of really slapsticky type comedy. Which is kind of, you but, know, it's at the level of the Han Solo running around the corner into a bunch of yeah. stormtroopers. But then Absolutely. elongated for a, a, a little bit a little bit more. Um. But yeah, I mean, I, I guess I, I, I have issues with it. Uh, my issues with it are, uh, it, other than length, I think for me it felt like um, it was a thing we used to do years ago when we used to do charity role playing weekends. Uh, so we did like a twenty-four hour role playing game, a uh, twenty-four hour role playing session, uh, yeah. and it would be split up into multiple sessions. Uh, that people would prepare for. But then there was the GM special. I don't know whether you ever came across this, which is where you would rotate the GM amongst all the players every hour. Uh, Okay. So one person would start it off. Then the next person would take over and run it for an hour. Then the next person, and then they'd have to draw it all into a conclusion after six hours. And that's kind of how I feel about this movie is that I feel like, J.J. Abrams set up a whole bunch of stuff. Then Ryan Johnson has come in and picked up the bits that he liked and ran with them and kind of ignored other bits and asked his own questions and then moved on. And now J.J. Abrams has got to come back in and finish it all off again. So it kind of it doesn't feel like there's anyone in charge of an overall narrative. Um, okay. Which, which parts in particular? Um, I, the, the, a whole load of loose threads around, you know, the, the map to Luke Skywalker and why it was there if he didn't want to be found. And uh, okay, yeah, questions like that. Yeah, and the whole, you know, Ray's parentage and Snoke. Um, you know, a whole... I see. I I quite liked the thing about Ray's parentage. Um, I liked it, but I don't believe it for a second. Oh, you know, like, that's the thing, like, this has been part of my problem with the response online, is, like, Fanboy's been so hurt that she's not a Skywalker, or not um, a Kenobi, you know, that she's this nothing. Firstly, if she is this nothing, that's great, because it means that the narrative of Star Wars has gone beyond, you have to be this special family. And anyone can have the force. That that is, you know, that's given credence in the end, when the kid force pulls the broom. Yeah, uh, but also, you know, she was told that by Kylo Ren. Who is a Sith and a yeah, liar. He was, yeah, he was clearly trying to fuck with her. Yeah. Why yeah. is... I, I don't understand people who who claim to be fans of the franchise but, but can't read anything into what's being said. Like, they, they take it completely at face value. Yeah. They've come out and they've gone, oh, she wasn't there, so I'm pissed off. I'm slapping the face to fans everywhere. Like, stop and listen to yourself and realise that a fucking Sith just told her that. A Sith who was clearly trying to manipulate her has just told her that. Like, if it's true, it's still great narrative, but it's probably going to be a lie. Yeah. It's probably Kylo Ren fucking with Rey. Indeed. So, you know, I, I, I think that yeah, it feels to me that there are a whole bunch of thematic elements that have been like thrown up in the air, and it just feels like Ryan Johnson has been able to just pick and choose which threads he wants to follow, and then 
comfortably ignore others. So I, I, I just feel like there isn't an overarching sense of, of, of somebody guiding where it's going. Yeah, okay. I can see that. Like, I, I don't know where it's going in the next one. I, I, I don't yeah. either. And, you know, it may because it's J.J. Abrams coming back, he may well pick up on those threads and answer them, which is fine. But if it wasn't him picking it up, then it would be a different story. And it would just and, be somebody passing it on to somebody else and them doing their own thing. And also, J.J. Abrams has got a form for not coming back and answering questions. Really? Does he? <laughs> <laughs> um, fucking lost. Uh, yeah, let's not start down that road. <laughs> but to be honest, like... Squishy Red McGuffin. Yeah. Those things I was okay with. Like... I would have liked to have learnt more about Snake, but I didn't think he was this great mystery to be solved. Well, no, he was to just be honest, I, yeah, I, I, I actually don't care about him. But just no. what what I felt was that it was just it. It just feels like it's a relay race rather than a cohesive story. Well, I think it feels that way. I think it's deliberate that it feels that way because it does carry straight on. Yeah, it does. The other, it's, it's literally hours later. Yeah. You know, so some of the characters haven't quite got there yet. So it does feel, it does feel that relay race. Yeah. And, you know, there are certain elements that I've felt were, were very out of place. You know, I've, I felt that, you know, Leia's whole thing in space felt really wrong to me. Uh, I don't know. I'm I'm kind of the opinion of finally we get to see Leia use the Force, and like if Obi Wan and Qui Gon can waltz around the galaxy as Force ghosts, then like if she can, can keep herself barely alive in the coldness of space, yeah, you know what, I'm okay with that. And if you can move an object towards you, you can go to an object. So, and also. It's the last time we're ever going to see Carrie Fisher. No, I, I know. Don't get me wrong. You know, I, I feel really bad saying it, but I, it just uh, it it again thematically it felt out of place to me. Um, I think I was relieved when they did it. Like, oh, I was relieved when they did it because I thought they were just going to close on her frozen in space. And yeah, and, and I, I was not ready for that. Hours. Yeah, I was I was not ready for for seeing her on screen at all. No. Like. But that would have been the worst. So yeah, um, I'm glad we got to see her use the force. So I'm really happy with that. Um, um, yeah. Um, uh, if there's things I'm not happy with, like in terms of character stuff, um, BB-8 in the Walker shooting people. Yeah. That I'm not particularly keen on because no. BB-8 is an innocent character, and that definitely robs him of his innocence. Yes, definitely. Um, but that's just a little thing. Like, it's not even a major thing. But it, it, it's these tiny degrees that separate, like, where these films fall on an overall ranking or Definitely. how great they but, are. You know, and uh, again, so my 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 last one, which is around the Benicio del Toro character, which is you know how they they went off to that planet to find this specific person and ended up in a cell with a random dude who could do exactly the same thing. Yeah. Either that's something that's yet to be explained, or it's just lazy writing. I don't think we've seen the end of that character. Oh, well, I don't think we have either, it's, because it's, he, he walked off. But again, it's one of those things that has been set up by one writer and director, and has to be answered by another. Um, because there is nobody maybe. in charge. Oh, we're making we're making that assumption. I think that there's well, nobody I, in charge. Uh, then tell me who's in charge, because uh, as, as far well, as I, I can Kathleen see, Ken- Kathleen Kennedy's still in overall charge. She's still in charge of of Lucasfilm and the story arcs that the Star Wars films takes. So she is still in charge, and she's very hands on. So I, whilst we can't see where these threads are going or how they've been tied up, I think we have to trust that you know she's been part of a system that has handled more complex arcs and more complex threads for Rebels and the Clone Wars. And I think I think she will be on the ball. And I think we will see things reach resolution in the next film. 
is is just my personal view. I I I'm not worried about this being an, an unguided ship lost in the sea. I think people are, are in control of Star Wars because it's too important not to be in control of. If you know what I mean. Uh, oh, definitely. Yeah, I guess my concern is just that personalities are coming in and essentially trying to make their stamp on it. Yeah, but I think if we look at what happened with the directors to the Han Solo film, I think we know that the guys in charge at Disney, if they don't think it's going the way they want them to go, they're quite happy to just get rid of directors and start again. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. So I, 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 have, I have faith that we, we know where this this trilogy is going and the fact that ryan johnson's been brought on board to do the next All trilogy the after this one and yeah. no no i'm totally on board with yeah i I, uh, I i am happy with that kind of continuity i guess i just feel yeah. a little bit uneasy knowing that it's not set in stone and you know we are constantly seeing the changing in directors and yeah it just it just makes me nervous and it makes me feel like a whole bunch of questions are going to go unanswered and in a universe that everyone has so much invested in that's problematic yeah i can i can see your concerns but i i would say you know you know to have faith and be, shall, i have faith in the force i am one with the force yeah have faith in the force i am one with the force, the force um, with me Another thing that I liked, just very quickly before we move on, is I did like the overall plot, as it were, like the the pursuit of the Rebel fleet towards Crate. Oh yeah, yeah, totally, utterly physics defying, felt, and stupid, but great. Yeah, it felt it felt very thirty three. Yeah, yeah. You no know, uh, BSG pilot episode. Yeah, definitely. Like in that relentless inevitability of the pursuer and the rebels, I really liked that. Um, the, the more I think about the last episode, the more, the more I realise how much I liked it on a different level to the Force Awakens. Um, and I think when I said that, I think I put it fourth. It's fourth or fifth in my ranking, mm. which at the moment that's, that's not bad. There's nine Star Wars films, not yeah, including yeah. like Caravan of Courage, which we never will. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a Star Wars film. Um, and it just means that like my my May the Fourth celebration has now got two and a half hours longer. It, um, it just means that your May the Fourth is now two days, and it's, yeah, it's now and getting I'm, onto a weekend. And I'm totally okay with that. I'm I'm absolutely fine with that. <laughs> oh hell yeah! Um, but the, the, yeah, the reactions have been both ways. I mean, we're going to segue quite smoothly into this now because the reactions have led to petitions. That's got you particularly riled up. Yeah, well, it's, oh, it's just—it's been something that's been brewing for ages. And then I, I saw this morning that a bunch of people had set up a petition on Change.org to remove Last Jedi from official Star Wars canon. And there's another one about sacking the showrunner of The Walking Dead because he's killing off Carl. Um, and it's just, uh, it, it just makes me frustrated because it's just it, it's unnecessary for for one utterly utterly unnecessary yes it's absolutely fine to have a problem with how shows run to have a problem with how films are but don't write petitions for it petitions are there you know change.org is there to you know make real change in society it's not there for you just to be a butthurt fanboy saying, I don't like this, therefore they should stop it, and then get a bunch of other people to say the same thing. It's utterly and utterly pointless. You know, These people are there to do their job, and their job is writing fiction and producing stuff for us to watch. If you really fucking disagree with what they're doing, go out and make your own damn fiction. Get good enough yep. yourself that fucking Disney will hire you and make, you will get to make a Star Wars film. There is utterly no point in in trying to get thousands and thousands of people together to complain about how somebody has ruined a franchise for you when what they're doing is expanding the fucking thing. Yeah, like this is going to be very one-sided because I have no points of contention to disagree with you on this. Like I'm completely on board. You're absolutely right. It is a pathetic state of fandom today that fans think that these 
films and TV shows are being created specifically for what they want to see. Yeah, I know. And just that sense of entitlement is just fucking ludicrous. Yeah. It's fiction. People create fiction. If you don't like it, create your own fucking fiction. Yeah. Create a podcast. Do whatever you want. You know, create fan fiction. Take it in the fucking way that you want it to. If it angers you, then fucking channel it into something good. Don't just sit and bitch about it. That's fucking useless. But the problem is these fucking lowbrow knuckle dragon, like context blind Neanderthals, will have no idea how to create this sort of content, and they have they have no well they have no appreciation for character, which is one of the problems. It brings us back forward. to all these sad and rabid puppy assholes, doesn't it? Well, yeah, well, Screen Rant had an article today that said like. The Last Jedi is showing the biggest disparity between positive critic uh, scores and negative um, audience, audience Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like there's been disparity before, but it's usually the other way around, where critics shit on a film and the audience loves it. Yeah. Like for some reason, Batman versus Superman, you know, <laughs> is, is beloved by fans but hated by critics, and this is beloved by critics but hated by fans. But, but it's is it not hated because... by fans? No, it's hated by a group that has made a concerted effort to... Um, I think it's called brigading. So they are trying to artificially drive down the, the, the audience score for The Last Jedi because it wasn't what they wanted it to be, which which is exactly like the same as the, the Sad Puppies yeah. at the Hugo Awards, you know, rigging the votes because they... They were uh, unhappy with you know who was on the ballot. Yeah, it, it's that sort of mentality. Because um, actually, like, what are the audience aggregators actually asks the audience for their opinions as they're coming out of the screen, and in that aggregate aggregation, you know, it's getting a strong A rating. People leaving it are leaving it happy, well, are leaving it having enjoyed the film. You know. So oh, I don't know, but I'm seeing every, I'm seeing all sorts, and like it's it's odd because I know that we we did operate in an, in an echo chamber on Twitter and Facebook, but I'm seeing both sides on Twitter and Facebook: people who've loved it, people who've hated it. Um, I'm seeing people who've hated it, and that. Uh, but you know, the weird thing is that yeah, they're, they they are in, totally entitled to their opinion and saying they hate it and they don't want to go and see it anymore, and that's totally fine. I totally yeah. get behind that. But trying to hold the people who made it to account because they didn't make what you wanted to see is a totally different thing. Yeah. And I just, look, I, I have... You're, you, this has really upset you, hasn't it? Oh, no. It, uh, it's, it's, it's gone beyond upsetting me. It's, because, you know, and I've, I, I fully believe in, in freedom of speech and people being able to say their thing. But yeah. what, what I just firmly don't, I, I cannot get behind is just this kind of organized bullying of someone. And that's what it is. It's them saying... Yeah we don't like what you've done, therefore we're going to bully you into making sure you punish that person. And it's fucking wrong. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no. Again, no argument here. That is completely wrong. Like, If someone doesn't like something, I'm completely fine with them saying they don't like it. And if they can give me reasons why, and like, you know, I can understand their reasons, yeah. that's fine too. I can, under- I can understand why people wouldn't like to see Leia flowing in space. Well, indeed. For me, you know. it wasn't an issue, but I can understand why it would be for some people. Um, similarly, the people who think the film is perfect, like I can understand why they would say that because they're they don't maybe they don't read a film the way that we read a film. Yeah. Um but, you know. But that's it, you know, everyone is entitled to their opinion, but I just I, I feel that when yeah, when you're essentially rabble rousing a whole bunch of people to go out and specifically hurt another person for their interpretation of something is just fucking ludicrous. Yeah, yeah. 
and just makes me cross. So fucking stop it. <laughs> Don't make him cross, guys. You, <laughs> you wouldn't like, like when me when I'm cross. <laughs> when he's miffed. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't think I have much to add to the petition thing. And to be honest, like my question of have we seen the death of criticism in 2017 kind of doesn't really need much answering now, I think. Well, it's, it's pretty much the same thing, isn't it? Yeah. You know, people don't criticize. Like, the problems we've had with criticism over the last couple of years um, have been that people are prepared to criticize a movie without even seeing it based on the fact that they think it's either A, rubbishing their memories, or B, playing into a politically correct social justice um, dialogue. <laughs> like, people were prepared to shit on the Ghostbusters reboot, reboot because it was a trailer. female cast. Yeah, based on the trailer, based on the casting decisions. No one, like, who did that can realistically call themselves a critic. <laughs> I mean, I know we've had our moments of watching trailers and gone, oh my god, this looks awful. But we've still gone and seen it with an open mind. And to take Ghostbusters as a specific example, you know, that was a fucking amazing film. I loved it to bits. Yeah, I mean, uh, and that's the promise that, you know, dear listeners, we will make you. Like, we will never... We will never shit on a film without watching it. Like, and we are always going to be open to being surprised. Mm. Like, and yeah, Ghostbusters was the prime example. You know, that had become a de facto battleground in a cultural war without the film even being out. And the sides had been drawn already and the reviews had been aggregated before the film was released. Like, and actually, we went and saw it and it was good. Was it perfect? No, it was still a flawed film. But that's okay too. Uh, and that's the thing. Like you can, you can, you can be feminist. You can be pro this sort of movement of seeing more visible women and female characters in in films in Hollywood, and not think that something making you perfect. You know, one does not naturally rely on the other in order to be true. Yeah, and I think this is the key thing about it is that, you know, everybody can have an opinion about something, but if you do, it doesn't necessarily mean that other people's opinion is wrong. And I think that's that's what kind of riles me a lot about it is it's the people who say, right, well, no, this is utterly shit. You shouldn't watch it. Anyone who does, hate them, hate all of the... Uh, and that just it just goes overboard. And, you know, it's all... We should be able to have, you know, reason debate and reason discussion about why we do and do not like something without resorting to, you know, name calling or, or threats of violence. Yeah, and I think sadly, even with two hundred eighty characters, Twitter is not the place for this sort of reasoned discussion. No, it really is. In fact, it's it's, make, it's making it easier for the trolls to be trolls. Yeah, indeed, it really is. Uh, the, the anonymity of Twitter, certainly. Yeah. Oh, well. Let's take a quick moment. <laughs> Put our soapbox away. Step. I love it when you get your soapbox, dude. Really? I really do. Yeah, because it's usually me. Like, it is usually, without fail, me that drags out the soapbox and goes off on one. And I love it when it's not me. <laughs> it's, yeah, fair enough. It's just it's just something that's been irking me recently. Um, yeah. yeah, no, it's been under my skin as well. Okay. Well, let's just move quickly then towards our top five lists. Okie dokie. So, top five films of the year. Well, for me, yeah, 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 I'll I'll quite happily go first. I mean, in, in, in no kind of real order, I guess I would say top five films I've enjoyed this year. Uh, Wonder Woman. Yep. Logan. Yep. Blade Runner 2049. Uh-huh. Um, how many is that? Three. Uh, okay, I'm going to have to say Okia. Which okay, yeah, I, I still haven't watched that loved. yet. I absolutely loved that film. And I would kind of like to say a Marvel film. Do you know what? I'm going to hold the last spot, and I'm not going to confirm it until I've seen Pitch Perfect 3. 
Oh yeah, that's how it's week, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Looking forward to that. Okay. Um, oh, I see things. I know my number one. My number one film. I know that, so I've got to work to that now from other films. So let's look at my nerd spreadsheet of every film I've seen this year. It's in 151 movies this year. Would it be a spread nerd? A spread nerd. A nerd nerd. Just a nerd sheet. <laughs> a I nerd think. sheet. <laughs> I think a, a nerd sheet nerd sounds sheet. less risque. <laughs> yeah, than a spread nerd. <laughs> okay, so I think... I think we've, we've just talked about it. Isn't it number five? Episode seven. Uh, episode eight. Last Jedi. Yep, cool. I'll put that in number five on my list. Number four. Number four. Oh, this is tricky. Number four. Thor Ragnarok. Okay. I really enjoyed that. Yeah, thoroughly enjoyed it. It was hilarious. Yeah. It was completely different. Um, Number three. Logan Lucky. Okay. I really, really enjoyed that film. I've not seen it, um, so yeah, can't comment. Uh, I think Steven Soderbergh did a great job with that movie, and I'm like really intrigued to see what he does with Ocean's Eight now as well. Mm-hmm. If the trailer looks good, I'm on board for that film. Yeah. Uh, number two. This is where it gets tough. Uh, number two, Colossal. I saw Colossal back in May, uh, and. I thought that was an exceptional movie. It was nothing like I thought it was going to be. The trailer makes it out to be quite a weird sort of comedy about a woman who can control a monster across the world when she's standing in a certain part of her hometown. Um, But actually, it takes a dark twist and becomes a film about control and surviving abusive relationships. Uh... It's handled impeccably by Anne Hathaway and Jason Sudeikis. Uh, uh, And yeah, uh, I thought that was an incredible movie. So that's number two. Cool. And then my my number one film of the year is The Big Sick. Ah, yes. I remember you saying about this when you went to see it. Yep. Uh, I I completely and utterly fell in love with that movie. I thought it was was great. Um, Yeah. I I shall definitely have to watch that. It is very much, it's definitely the comedy of the year, yeah. for sure. Um, Holly Hunter and Ray Romano are brilliant in it. Yeah. Yep. yeah that was, that's the only DVD I've asked for for Christmas as well. So, yeah. getting that for Christmas. Cool. That's my top five films. Awesome. Uh, but yeah, I've got my worst definitely as well. Check out Okia. Yeah, you've commented on my Facebook about that, I think, this week. Yeah. It's, so it's one I, it. I was watching, then Megan came and watched it kind of from about half an hour in, and, and she was in floods of tears at the end of it. But it's, it's oh. a beautiful, beautiful film. It's going uh, to break me then. It, yeah, it's the guy who did Snowpiercer. Okay. If you're a member of me raving about that one. Uh, yeah, yeah, and it, it, Tilda Swinton's back in it again, and uh, a bunch of other people. It, it's got an excellent cast in it. It's got uh, it's what Glenn's gone on to do after leaving The Walking Dead, amongst <laughs> other things. Yeah. Uh, but it's it's a beautiful kind of fairy tale, modern day indictment of society. I'll check it out. But yeah, do it. it it's on Netflix, and it's yeah, a beautiful film. A lot of people have recommended that to me, and I've just never got around to it. Yeah. Oh man, dude, I'm looking at my list of films here now with my cinema filter on, and I'm gonna have to do a top ten list for the website because I'm looking at the films I've left out. Like I didn't mention War of the Planet of the Apes. Indeed. Or Guardians of the Galaxy. I didn't men- yeah, or Guardians Two. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or John Wick Two. Oh fuck off. <laughs> or Baby Baby Driver. <laughs> uh. Okay, worst films then, in no particular order. Uh, Valerian City with Thousand Planets. If you heard our review of that, me and Rami had very different opinions, but I hated that film. <laughs> Go back and check it out, it's hilarious. Um, American Assassin, again. Go back and listen to our review. That was a film that had so much promise in its first five minutes and then just shut it all away. Mm. 
it could have been a really profound film about the impact of radicalization on those you don't expect to be radicalized by a certain side but instead it turned out to be just a generic paint by numbers sort of movie um that was utterly utterly forgettable uh life came so close to being good um but the final 15 minutes and the inevitability of the twist kind of shit the bed on that one for me uh what else that's three isn't it yep i'd I'd like to submit assassin's creed to this list i never saw it it's It's just films that i've seen it's shit like all these films (laughs) that i've seen uh i i go out on a limb it's shit (laughs) you'll hate it (laughs) i didn't like ghost in the shell like i don't think it was a particularly I don't think it's necessarily worthy of being one of the worst films of the year, but you know, for me, it just wasn't good. So that's in yeah. the bottom half. Okay, I mean, I, I I enjoyed it. It was it was nowhere near as good as the the anime. Uh, the anime, absolutely no. nowhere near. Uh, you know, it made some very very weird choices in terms of narrative that I was not on board with at all. But you know, visually, it was great, and it. it it remade some classic scenes in live action that I thoroughly enjoyed, but yeah, overall flawed. And then just to round off the top five, uh, alien covenant. Yeah. Well, of course you hated that. (laughs) Yeah. I, I hated that film with every fiber of my being, um, not just for the film that it was, but for the film, it almost told me it could be. Yeah, that's the most disappointing thing about that film is that it could have been good, um, but it it just forgot that in, in, in an alien film, the alien needs to be important. This isn't like the loving workings of artificial intelligence and androids. This is an alien movie, so for God's sake, give us a fucking alien. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's that. <sighs> yeah. Do you want to have a crack at your top five TV shows? Could you do that list, do you reckon? Uh, Top five TV shows this year. Um, Yeah, I probably could. Um, I would say I would have to put Stranger Things up there again. It's been awesome. Um, Much as I would love to, I cannot put Defenders on this list just because of Randy Bland. And also, it was a terrible series. And the Punisher, however, I thoroughly enjoyed. Um, The Orville, I've got to put in that list because I've been thoroughly enjoying that. Uh, The OA for surprising the hell out of me. Ah, see, I watched that last year, so that can't make this year's list for me. Ah, fair enough. I I only watched that this year. I think I've probably got one more, so I'd have to say the Santa Clarita diet. Ah, okay. I haven't got around to that. Which is hilarious. <laughs> I think for me, um, Stranger Things Season 2, definitely up there. Number one. I think that's, the, that's the best series this year. Yeah. Um, Glow. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I only watched the first half of that. I didn't never finished it. Uh, if if you're an 80s nostalgia fan and you want to know about the glorious ladies of wrestling, then Glow is great. Really worth checking out. Thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, oh god, that's only two, Brad. Like you've stumped yourself after two. <laughs> This is like when I was on Smorgasbord and had to do the uh, the talk for a minute challenge yeah. and bowled it after ten seconds. <laughs> like the Expanse season two, mm-hmm. I thought that was probably one of the best better seasons this year. Yeah, no, it's an excellent series. I, uh, I've, I've literally got the new uh, the new audio book, so I've got another nice. whole set of adventures from the Rosinante to look forward to. I think Lucifer has been consistently good as well. Yeah. Um, that's four. Ooh. 
I'm going to put the Punisher in there as well. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Awesome show. Punisher, Lucifer, The Expanse, Glow, Stranger Things 2. Awesome. We're top five in the year. Awesome. Brilliant. Okay. So, this is our final episode of the year. It's also our final episode in this format, I think, uh, from 2018 because real life is starting to get in the way a lot more often, we're going to shift the format slightly, and we're going to be launching a second season. So we will be taking a mid-season break in July and August, so that we can do family stuff. Well, so Spinels can do family stuff, and where I can just like be alone for two months. <laughs> <laughs> you make it sound um, so harsh. You're going to go off and do fun things too. <laughs> nah, it's fine. And then we're going to be taking a Christmas break next year as well. But it's just because we've noticed over the last couple of years that our content tends to drop off around the summer. Um, so, you know, we might as well just lean into this now and help it to structure the show. Yarp. Yarp. And before we go, I've got a load of shout outs to do because Nerdiverse's World joined the Britpod scene uh, this year. And these guys have been tremendous in helping us become part of this really strong community of British podcasters Uh, there's some great shows on here so I'm gonna give a shout out to a load of people there that I think you should be checking out I think you should be following Um, and it's easier if I just go to my follow Friday because that's where they all are We need some intermission music in the new year. I'm going to work on intermission music for when, like, you know, we're not quite as smooth as we think we are. Sweet. So, check out these guys. Check out Nerds Chatting, 20th Century Geek. We have a Hulk pod. Check out the Smorgasbord pod because we've been on there a couple of times and they're a great one. Smoggy rules. Yeah. Jack and the Geek Stalk. The Geek Stalkers. Beyond the Box Set. Beyond the Box Set have a great concept for a show, and you should really check it out. Um, it's it's brilliant. Uh, that King Thing, they're a game podcast. 365 Flix Pod. Um, One Good Thing Pod, which, again, great concept. They, they take shit films, and they endeavour to find that one good thing about that movie. So, God bless them, they've taken on some crackers this year, including The Phantom Menace. Uh, Strange Things, a circuit... Uh, Foot at Circle K, Snack Pod guys, give them a listen. Theme Park Films, th- what they do on their show is they review movies that have an associated theme park ride. Uh, so it's like Back to the Future, Jaws, all that sort of stuff. So it's a really interesting concept for a show. Go and give them a listen. Um, the Comedy Cast, if you listen to our show with Smorgasbord and Spud, that's him. Go check him out. TV in Space is exactly what says on the tin. It is TV shows set in space. Um, Admit One Movies, The Rough Giraffe Pod, uh, Betamax Pod, uh, Don't Skip the Ending Pod, so many podcasts. Uh, Stacey's Parlour, Quotal Recall, um, We Watch Anything, and they do really watch anything. Uh, yeah. If I forgot anybody, guys, I'm so sorry. Um, I have a Twitter list of every member of the pod of the Britpod scene, so just look at my lists, go and give them a follow, check them out. There's some really interesting content creators out there. Um and just by following them on Twitter, liking one of their shows, retweeting, being involved, you, you get to help this community grow. And that's really important. Anything to add? Uh, the only other thing to add is that as of today, uh, the uh, audio drama Doctor Who charity radio play that we did uh, has gone live today. So please go and check that out. We'll put links in, in the show notes. Check it out. It's all for charity. Please follow the links in there and give generously. Because you get to hear us being awesome. Get to hear us pretend to be aliens. <laughs> um, but yeah. Um, I've been typecast as the angry cynic. <laughs> <laughs> and me as the rebel. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah. I'm, I am getting that t-shirt made. You know, Bathurst, this is for my father t-shirt. <laughs> like, 
Uh, definitely my catchphrase from that from that show. Hell yeah! Cool, 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 cool. Well, only thing left is ready to be said. Then is we wish you all a very merry Christmas and a happy and... new year. Outstanding <laughs> and a happy new year. Um, but that is all for this week, and in fact, for this year. I've been Britain. I've been Spindles. Thank you all for listening. And until next time, take care and be excellent to each other. And crowd went wild. Can I miss the mic?